Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, it's breakfast somewhere. Yep. So eat up, food for thought. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. And welcome to a new year and a new decade. So time is not a magazine. Uh, I had to, sorry. That's the last thing a drummer wants to hear, or any musician for that matter. (laughs) Obviously, it described a musician whose display of rhythm was left well wanting, let's say. (laughs) So we've not only entered a new year, but a new decade. So what better to talk about than time? Or what better time to talk about time than now? That was pretty loaded. Better time to talk about time than now. All we have is now, right? Well, we have memory and we can toggle that around, toggle time around in ways that, you know, maybe we wish we're now again or not. They're there as long as we can get to the memory, I guess. And then there's our perception of time. So funny how it seemed to me like when I was a little kid that a year was like 10 years crammed into it and then, you become an adult and a year kind of flies by faster than a month, you know, in our perception of it anyway. So it's like, where did the time go? Oh, sorry. It's one more thing a drummer doesn't want to hear either. So. And then being fully present in now to the point of you know, being unaware of it. Maybe that's uh, describing being in the flow state. We do something we love to do and we completely immerse ourselves and time just seems to fly or we sit around in a waiting room with nothing else to distract us or occupy us and all of a sudden the time becomes torturous and we have we have all kinds of um, demarcations of time, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, you know, months, years, holidays, almanacs, blah, blah, blah. And our perception of time carries over into our our uh, perception of rhythm as well where we can we can become immersed in a piece of music or a song that's rhythmically so infectious that we lose track of time and, and again we're in kind of a flow state maybe maybe this could be a passive flow state i don't know just for conjecture here groping for a quick descriptive you know where the music just takes you somewhere else outside of yourself and and the same thing happens when we play music and we get in that flow state. And how is it that we can be in a total flow state and still be exhibiting good time or good rhythm? It's it's almost like you're in a trance or you're you're mesmerized at that point. Well, what if you're in an ensemble and everything all seems to be in sync in that state? At that, at that point, you're functioning as a system and the rhythm is all being felt and affecting everyone in the same way and in exact synchronization. I think, I think there's an automatic trust involved and that the, the collective rhythm proceeding uninterrupted in that state compounds its power and even makes it easier to just be immersed in it. There's no thought involved in it any more than there's thought involved in the synchronization of thousands of cicadas, wings in rhythm. There's a, there's a communication system at work there that's, probably the same type of communication system that occurs during ensemble communication. 
playing and really locking into a groove or even in an improvisational ensemble communication. Nobody's thinking or wondering if they, as an ensemble, are rushing or dragging. It's just locked. And that can only happen when that shared rhythmic sense as well as trust enable all to enter that state. Nobody's thinking about it. But what about playing alone or just with a click track or a static pre-recorded track? One thing I can say right away is the laptop doesn't talk back. It's a it's a different situation entirely. If it's only one person in a click or metronome, then the only real perceivable variable is the live musician. But before getting into that further, let's just stay with the ensemble in flow and, and with trust. What about an orchestra with no metronome or no click, but following a conductor with a cello rondos and rallentandos and fermatas and tempo and meter changes? There's the hive trust and cohesiveness in full display there, along with that type of rhythmic sensibility on full display there. Much, much different than a groove that doesn't budge. Both of those sensibilities involve a honed rhythmic perception, yet they're completely different. Sometimes they coexist in musicals, for example, or some pop songs occasionally. But can that be developed? Well, obviously, yeah, it can, because we, we witness it all the time. But isn't that only with people that have actual and measurable talent it's performed in professional settings and non-professional settings as well by musicians that have had training or experience yes but then i see audiences yeah even those who clap on the dreaded one and three at least clapping in meter in time in other words if, if they had no sense of time i doubt that even collectively that they'd be able to pull it off or display it but they do you know yeah i've yes i've personally witnessed more than once an audience clapping and tugging at the time to the point where I would have to ignore it. A tough thing to do, overcoming tens and thousands of people's tempo to still dictate it from where I was. But then a conductor sets the pace as well, don't they? Yeah, there there are people born with a demonstrable sense of innate rhythmic perception and ability more than perhaps usual. That's the talent part. But I believe that almost everyone has an innate sense of rhythm. Those that don't, I would think of as anomalies. And I think that various tools and methods have existed now for a long time that enable that to be developed. When, uh, and I can remember when pretty much all public schools had a music education program, when those things existed by and large, uh, kids would be exposed to rhythm instruments at an early age, even in kindergarten. Learning elementary and rudimentary rhythms were commonplace. They're obviously an integral part of various cultures. Those societies just integrate them as part of life. People are inundated with them, and I don't think many of them clap on, on one and three. Just the same way that a skilled person uh, can pick up people with and without certain propensities and work with those that do as well as those who don't, um, the same can be applied to rhythmic teaching. You just have to work with people. Um, I think one way to develop that is just is sheer immersion. How do you learn to ride a bike or walk or talk without just a, just trying to do it? Some people, after a certain age, maybe they may have or develop mental blocks, so those have to be worked through and with specific ways. Um, but it can be done. Another is, and, and these are old school things. They don't require the latest app or anything like that any more than Rocky needed anything other than shoveling snow and hauling around heavy bags of stuff, jogging miles up and down steps and eating raw eggs. I, 
I definitely wouldn't re recommend that, actually, though. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, for example, using a metronome. When you're learning exercises or pieces of music or even just practicing rhythmic subdivisions, as simple as whole, half, quarter, eighth, sixteenth notes and triplets. If you haven't, having the metronome is a constant marker that you hear and get used to and even integrates. And as you're doing those things with the metronome as your guide, you learn to stay within metric guidelines and gradually increasing tempo to increase your ability to execute has the double effect of spotting you as well as getting used to hearing various tempos. Uh, changing tempos gets you used to hearing and integrating that too. More used to it than changing tempos from ones that start feeling naturally very comfortable to those that are not too far away in tempo but not quite comfortable is valuable as well to get used to tempos that might feel like they're they're in the cracks, so to speak. Um, it can even develop, um, it can even help to develop the ability to discern various tempos to the point that later on you might be in a recording situation and if you're used to tempos that are in the crack, you could be on a session, for example, and maybe say something like, this song feels better at this particular tempo. The other one feels like it's in the crack. Now, okay, while this may seem like a subjective thing, it's worked for me successfully more than once and with agreement. I'm just trying to make a point here. So now you're in the world of the click track and recording sessions, a metronome by any other name. How do you get comfortable with the click? Well, already having experience with the metronome is a good start. Now you're just playing with the metronome with other people. So now collectively, everyone has to play nice with the click track. So what happens when you're the only one playing well with it? Stand your ground, but be flexible enough to breathe with them. Sounds like opposites, but you can breathe with it. Yet if you're really, really comfortable with it and you can create the tension release within your own consistent groove and right on point with the click and you're really comfortable with it, then you can and will tune into that and everyone else will be forced to follow. Tough love? Maybe, but it works and your job is to play with good time and make it feel good and make everyone sound good, maybe even better in a situation like that. You're the rock of Gibraltar. Everything else follows. Will the weakest link collapse the whole chain? Not if you're that solid, because they will stand out like a sore thumb, and it will be heard, and it will be strongly evident. Then they can replace their part, or worst case scenario, be replaced, but your track is on point. That's why the saying a band is only as good as its drummer is so widely said. In the studio, it was usually always the point that if we get the drum track, we're okay. So back to the metronome. When you're playing and learning various things with it, as you're doing it with the metronome, the act of physically experiencing playing what you're playing with it, in other words, actually doing it, develops your ability to integrate that sense, that sense of time, tempo, meter, etc. That's my belief and what I've tended to experience anyway. In the same way, going back to school systems, uh, when you have whole orchestras of young musicians learning together in that environment, the immersion develops the ability to play together well and follow a conductor, et cetera, et cetera. It's immersion. Another thing is perception of tempo. It seems to me that when you're playing really fast tempos, it's almost like you're perceiving it in a larger sense or subdivision. Like, for instance, if you're playing 4-4 up-tempo time at 380 beats per minute, it might result in feeling it in one 
maybe you might say in the same way that when you're speed reading, you, you're seeing large clumps of phrases and sentences very quickly. You're not honing in on every word, yet your mind gets all of it. Likewise, when playing very slow tempos, like something like 48 beats per minute, for example, you may be thinking or, or feeling really is probably more accurate, more subdivisions in each beat, which would help in keeping the tempo together. Um, as a side note for drummers, I think that a good thing to try is to eliminate a limb in executing tempos like that without beating on your leg either. For example, don't play the hi-hat at all. Just play kick and snare and, and groove like that without playing any other subdivisions on anything else. If you have them in your head, which has gone into your body, then you'll be able to execute it. And once you've internalized it, you, you can do it without reliance on any particular limb combination. Well, having said that, mental practice comes to mind. Um, visualization and mental practice that's given attention so well where you're imagining yourself doing it and feeling it uh, can reinforce that. Stepping up to that point might even be, dare I say, air drumming while mentally practicing than just only mentally practicing. Just a thought. I feel that in terms of not only getting to the point of being able to integrate tempo, that one gets the concept of a groove and various time feels uh, which are obviously nuanced, nuanced time feel or feels. To me, inside of a groove is tension and release. There's tension and release between the kick and snare, then throw in the hi-hat, and there's another element of tension and release. Then bass, and there's another element. Guitar, another. Keyboards, another. And then maybe there's the click track, another. Each element has its own, and there are bigger ones, et cetera, et cetera. As we develop our sense of groove and different grooves or time fields, we can feel that tension and release and recognize and feel the other ones and the overall one. That's my thought and experience anyway. And again, all of this comes by doing, immersion. Anyway, there's much more that can be said, obviously. Um, the idea of gritting everything in a workstation or the idea of people responding well to perfectly quantized rhythm tracks like an EDM. But even in that, there are Techniques used to uh, create rhythmic breathing in tracks using sidechain compression on certain elements or there's dynamics, accents, and syncopation that uh, take the lead in shaping rhythmic feel, even if everything is on the grid. But that would run the risk of a really, really long episode. And I, I think points were made that still hold validity anyway without getting into all that and more. Um, Last, I, I personally wouldn't recommend combining two different cold medicines before a concert. <laughs> Once, I remember getting sick while I was on tour and I took two different cold medicines before the show. The show started and all of a sudden everything was in slow motion, really slow motion. I remember my friend Dominic turning around with his guitar on and the song had started and he was in ultra slow motion and he turned in slow motion and said something that, I could read his lips at the time and said either it's too fast or it's too slow. I, I, I can't remember which to this day, but it doesn't matter because I just remember feeling this utter and overwhelming helplessness and hopelessness, like, like I was crying, help, but nobody could hear me. It, it was that much despair and just abject fear and horror. I, I can't even describe it well. It was just horrifying. But somehow I must have adjusted it I don't even remember how. I think that I just tried to give in and pray for the best and 
maybe rely on his and everyone else's feedback or lack of it <laughs> to get through. But luckily I got through it and all was forgiven. Well, I just taken medication. Uh, just don't mix the meds. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Breakfast with Vinny.